Welcome to the Astral Projection Podcast, brought to you by Ali Wiley. Hello everyone. Robert Bruce has kindly given me permission to record the first edition of Astral Dynamics for my podcast. So here's the first instalment. Part 1. Elements of Projection 1. Dimensional Theory the holy grail for projectors and OB researchers is a reliable key to planned and repeatable out-of-body experiences. I have spent a significant part of my life on this quest, studying the mechanics and dynamics of OBE from both inside and outside my body. I have come to believe that this elusive key lies only partly in projection technique and natural ability. The real key lies, I believe, in understanding the relationship between OBE and physical body brain memory storage. To be more precise, it is a downloading of the projected double's delicate shadow memories into the more accessible levels of the physical brain than normally occurs during the reintegration of the projected double with its physical counterpart. After an OBE, the only enduring part of the experience is a memory of it. If that memory becomes lost, then there is nothing left to indicate a projection ever occurred. Therein lie both the problem and the solution. First, a little background on the basic structure of the out-of-body environment and of the projectable double. Non-physical dimensions All non-physical dimensions are levels of existence vibrating, for want of a better word, at a higher frequency than the known physical universe. This makes them invisible and undetectable to the normal five senses and to all scientific means available today. Just as different types of energies, light, gravity, x-ray, heat, microwave, etc., occupy the same space at the same time in the normal physical universe without interfering with each other to any great extent, so do these different dimensional levels coexist in the same space at the same time. Each is of a completely different type, with its own unique properties and spectrum of frequencies. But it is very difficult to give an easily understandable description that imparts a look and feel of non-physical dimensions. The astral planes, for example, are part of an incredibly complex non-physical dimensional level as compared with the relatively predictable and stable physical dimension. Many of the complexities of the astral planes are virtually unknown. The non-physical laws governing this dimension, called these astral physics, are fluid and variable in the extreme. On top of this, projectors' minds can greatly affect their perception of the astral dimension. This leaves precious few constant factors for any astral researcher or explorer to work with. When dealing with the astral dimension, you cannot simply point and say, as you can in the physical universe, this is our planet Earth, this is its atmosphere, and that is outer space, etc. You cannot even point and say, there is the astral dimension. Although the astral dimension permeates the entire physical universe, it is, for the greater part, non-spatial. Doorways to the astral exist everywhere and nowhere, both inside and outside the human mind. That being said, Please bear with me as I dissect and expound on the nature, mechanics and dynamics of OBE and non-physical dimensions. This will provide a workable understanding of the relationships and conflicts between the physical and non-physical aspects of our vast multidimensional universe. I hope this will allow you to work with or around these problem areas during future out-of-body operations. Traditional Dimensional Theory This book is steeped neither in Eastern terminology or esoteric theory, I much prefer to use Western descriptive terms wherever possible and relate my own experience and reasoning. The modern New Age belief system, adopted mainly from Eastern esoteric theory, describes seven major dimensions or levels of existence, including the physical dimension. 
These begin with the physical dimension, solids, liquids, gases and four etheric subplanes. The other six dimensions are labelled the astral, mental, buddhic, atmic, anupadaka and adi. Each dimension is reputed to contain seven internal levels or planes and each plane is reputed to contain a number of lesser subplanes or realms. As you can see, an attempt to list the internal components of all seven major dimensions would make for an exceedingly complex and lengthy list, and there are many variations of the above structure. I will not attempt to elaborate these any further. Traditional Eastern dimensional theory can be extremely complex and is often steeped in what to the average Westerner would seem like mysterious Eastern culture and religious concepts. Wrestling with any non-descriptive foreign terminology is the last thing anyone needs when dealing with a subject as inherently complex as dimensional theory. Strange-sounding words and phrases can very easily cloud important issues. The real time zone. I call the non-physical dimensional level closest to the physical universe the real time zone. This is naturally the dimensional level the vast majority of projectors find themselves in when they first project out of body. The real time zone can best be thought of as a buffer zone or intermediary area dividing the physical universe from the astral dimension proper. It shares some properties of the physical universe, a direct and objective real time reflection of reality and some properties of the astral dimension, a fluid non-physical environment. The real time zone, although technically still a part of the astral dimension, is best considered a completely separate dimensional level. This sidesteps much of the confusion inherent in trying to relate a single set of projection-related factors and environmental properties to more than one dimensional level. The out-of-body environment is anything but simple. Each dimensional level contains a different environment, each with its own unique set of aspects and properties. Reality fluctuations are the most noticeable confusing factor in the real time zone. These fluctuations are so consistent in the real time zone that they actually form one of its few constants. I have found the real time zone to be fairly stable and predictable in itself. Most fluctuations are caused, I think, from interactions between the fairly sensitive real time environment and the generally unstable perceptions of the real time projected double. Because the real time zone is so close to the physical dimension, New Age thought puts it at the very bottom of the dimensional scale. This leads people to consider it to be a lower astral subplane, traditionally a negative and unsavoury environment to be actively avoided but the real time zone does not bear any direct relationship with the lower astral subplanes. It is a completely separate neutral area, best considered as being neither high nor low in the dimensional spectrum. The average projector finds a real time zone fairly dark and gloomy, a totally inaccurate picture that stems from projecting only late at night, just before going to sleep. At night, the world is naturally dark and gloomy and full of shadows. I would suggest to all who dispute this that they project during the daytime at least once and experience this difference. There is nothing at all dark or gloomy or scary about a real-time projection on a sunny day. On the contrary, it is one of the most delightful and thoroughly enjoyable experiences I can think of. The real-time zone overlays and permeates the entire physical universe and contains a perfect reflection of reality within it. Everything happens in real time, as reality actually happens, hence its name, Projectors travelling within the real time zone and remaining stable and unaffected by reality fluctuations perceive themselves to be following the actual spatial contours and geographical shape of the physical universe. They thus appear to be existing inside a direct non-physical reflection of reality, as reality happens. I have spent a great deal of time in the real time zone exploring its properties and limitations. 
the experience is very much like being an invisible spectre in the real world. The normal laws of physics do not have any direct effect on real-time projectors. They are free to travel at will anywhere in the physical universe at any speed and can defy gravity. They can move through solid matter at will, although they may perceive some texture and varying degrees of resistance. Real-time projectors exist as invisible points of consciousness, although they usually perceive themselves quite differently, connected to the physical body via an invisible energetic linkage often called the silver cord. Their physical location is usually consistent with where they perceive themselves to be in the real world. Their movements can be tracked and ascertained if they are viewed with real-time sight, a type of clairvoyance. The only other way to verify the real-time aspects of a real-time projection is for the projectors to gather information and accurately report real-life events and facts that they would have no other possible way to know. Real-time sight enables observers to see into the real-time zone around them. The quality of this type of sight is variable. Sometimes only cloudy shapes or indistinct images of the surrounding room will be seen through closed eyelids and bed covers. A stronger level of real-time sight can, at the other extreme, be mistaken for normal physical sight. It can be that clear. When projectors see their rooms and real-life events happening around them vividly, but through closed eyelids. A simple way of proving that real-time projection is an objective rather than purely subjective experience is with a deck of cards. Shuffle the deck and, without looking, lay one card face-up on top of a wardrobe, cabinet or somewhere high up in your own home, preferably at least 20 feet, 6 metres, away from where your physical body will be. Or tape the card to a window facing outward without looking at it. Do not choose more than one card until you have some real successes with this test. Do not try to guess a card. Guesswork, even simply wondering what the card is, can easily cause subconscious interference, reality fluctuations, which can make a genuine real-time observation extremely difficult. If, for example, you try to guess or intuit what the card is, you may see the card you have guessed instead of seeing the actual card. This can undermine the real-time observation with a small reality fluctuation and make the observation inaccurate. At the very start of the projection, immediately move to where the card is and look at it. Glance at it only briefly and remember it. When you are sure you can remember the card, re-enter your body, write down the card you saw and then go check. To give this test a fair go, keep it very short and do not try to do anything more during the projection. When you approach your physical body to re-enter it, hold the memory of this card firmly in mind and quite literally shout it out loud as you are re-entering. For example, the Queen of Hearts, the Queen of Hearts. This will maximise your chances of remembering not only the projection, but also the face of the card you saw during the test. Please follow this procedure to the letter, or you may lose a memory not only of the card, but of the entire projection. The normal abilities of the projected double often manifest spontaneously before an actual projection. These abilities have many levels, but their most basic quality enables a physical observer to see and hear into the real-time zone around them. I usually develop fairly strong real-time sight and hearing during meditation. Most people develop some level of real-time sight and hearing just before or during projection, just before they exit their physical body. This results in the commonly reported experience of projectors seeing details of the room around them through closed eyelids and of hearing strange noises and or voices around them during the separation phase of an OBE. As an example of a real-time projection experience, I think of my nephew Matt's two-week visit back in 1991. During this time, apart from many other activities, I coached Matt on projection. A few days before he was due to leave, while meditating late at night, 
I clearly saw Matt's projected real-time double float through the wall and come into the room I was sitting in. He waved cheerfully at me and I slowly waved back at him, without breaking my entranced state. No mean feat in itself. Immensely pleased that Matt had finally managed to get out of his body. Matt floated about the room, seemingly having some difficulty with movement and directional control, but apparently thoroughly enjoying himself. He soon floated out of my sight, and that was the last I saw of him that night. The next morning, Matt was very excited about his first conscious exit projection. He vividly remembered using my technique and feeling heavy vibrations, then leaving his body, moving through the wall and seeing me, and us waving at each other. He lost track of the experience shortly after he floated back through the wall. Note, a few seconds after Matt moved out of my sight, I heard a distinct groan and movement coming from the direction of his bedroom. Matt appears to have briefly awakened at that time and thus ended his first conscious exit projection. The short duration of his projection, following my advice on keeping it short, appears to have been a key factor here, allowing the easy recall of the experience after the event. The Astral Dimension The Astral Dimension is the next closest of the unseen dimensions to the physical universe. The Astral flows from the real time zone, but it is best thought of as being completely separate from it. It is divided into seven major levels or planes, each containing many subplanes and internal realms. The astral dimension spans the universe, but for all intents and purposes is totally non-spatial. The astral dimension does not overlay the physical universe as precisely as the real time zone does, especially at its higher levels, but it occupies the same space nevertheless. My reasoning here is that the astral is dimensionally further removed than is the real time zone, and this does not bear such a direct geographical relationship with the physical universe. Certainly the movements of an astral projector in relation to the physical dimension cannot be ascertained by astral or clairvoyant sight in the same way as can be done with a real-time projector. Astral sight is the ability to see into the astral dimension proper. This is spontaneously experienced more often by those with some level of clairvoyant ability, active or dormant, than by those without it. Astral sight allows the observer to see other projectors, thought forms, astral beings, wildlife and even spirit beings. This ability often works in conjunction with real-time sight, giving the observer a mixed real-time plus astral viewpoint, which can be fairly confusing at times. The astral dimension is uniquely related to the inhabitants of the physical dimension, permeating the universe like a huge mind net, catching and holding all energetic reflections and emanations of consciousness. It is affected by all the finer dimensional levels above it, The structure of the astral planes appears to filter and hold all energetic reflections generated by the thoughts, awareness and perceptions of all living beings, including inanimate matter and life forms not generally considered to contain consciousness. Even a humble rock has an energetic value on the atomic and subatomic levels. This process appears to have been going on since the beginning of time. Another way of describing this, the astral dimension contains an enduring energetic shadow generated and cast by the contents and inhabitants of the physical dimension. Thanks for listening. You can catch up with Robert at www.astraldynamics.com And of course, you'll find me at my website, astralwings.com. Happy travels!